It's time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast. It's Monday, March 2nd, 2020. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Today, we're broadcasting live from the Lenders One Winter Conference here in Miami, Florida. It's beautiful here, and I wish you were here with us. And we've got in the Hot Topics segment, Brian Simon joining us. He's the president of Lenders One. We're going to be talking about current trends in the mortgage industry and what's going on here at the conference and about the lineup of speakers here. I wish you could be here, but at least you're going to get some insights and hopefully you can make another one of the upcoming Lender One conferences. Great association and we're pleased to be a part of it. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast for the Hot Topic segment. I'd like to say a big thank you to our friends at the Industry Syndicate. We're proud to be associated and affiliated with the Industry Syndicate. It's a syndicate of industry podcasts. Go check it out at industrysyndicate.com. And we're grateful for our affiliation. You can check out our podcast there as well as all the others. Check it out at industrysyndicate.com. If you did not hear last week's podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. We talked about the third annual Risk and Compliance Summit. It's going to be held in Chicago, Illinois, April 5th through the 7th of this year. It's at the JW Marriott there. I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. It's a great conference, and I'm encouraging everyone to attend it. And there's also a webinar coming up that Amy Moses, our good friend from MERS Corp Holdings has told us about. Also, they're owned by Intercontinental Exchange. We're looking forward to having Chris McAtee on next week on the podcast, so stay tuned. But anyway, Amy sent over the notice to let everyone know that they're going to be doing a webinar. It is on March 25th at 2 p.m. This webinar is designed for attorneys and risk management professionals. It will explain how e-commerce laws created a legal validity on a national level for e-notes. You're going to want to check it out. You can check out everything on the website or get a hold of Amy Moses, amy.moses at theice.com. Check our show notes as we'll have it all in there. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. We've got Empower. Tricia Megliazzo, my dear friend, is going to be putting on an Empower event here. Also, Pete Mills will be here speaking. If you're not a member of the ABA, you need to become a member. But also, make sure you become a member of MAW, Mortgage Action Alliance. And you do not have to be a member of MBA to have your voice heard through the Mortgage Action Alliance app. So check that out at the MBA website. Also, talk to Dan Putney of Finastra. they got some exciting new things. Just attended a webinar that they did this past week. Really interesting about what they're doing with data. Now, it's the data that you already have inside of the Finastra system. Now, it will work with other systems. So you need to get a hold of Dan Putney and their friends at Finastra about their FusionBot mortgage solution. But more importantly, or as equally importantly, I guess, is their new data intelligence that they have and how you can manage data within your system. You do not have to be using the MortgageBot solution for that. Also, 
want to say thank you to Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. We're here at the Lenders One event. It's a winter conference. Both these collaboratives do a great job of helping mortgage lenders get close to vendors and also collaborate together to create competitive advantages. Also, the CMLA, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, we've got Michael Jones coming on the program in March to tell us more about CMLA and all that he's doing for small to mid-sized lenders. Also, Indicom, so excited to have them as a sponsor. Check out their website, our website, the Liquid on Lending website, to learn more about all of our sponsors. Also, I want to say thank you to our newest sponsor, Incelerate, who is revolutionizing how lenders interact, communicate, and engage borrowers before, during, and after funding to deliver better borrower experience. Also, Ainsworth Advisors, you're looking for a board of advisors, get a hold of AinsworthAdvisors.com, check it out. Also, AI Assist helps you in the marketing of your message through artificial intelligence. It's a brilliant solution. Check it out, as well as Celebrity Home Loans. I'm going to be meeting up with Pete Gabrione here. We're going to have him back as a guest. We're thrilled to have the relationship we do with Celebrity Home Loans as well as Midwest Equities Mortgage. It's all one under the Celebrity Home Loan brand. Knowledge Coop, appreciate those guys for their training technology as well as Mobility RE and another new sponsor, Modex. Both of these companies provide you intelligence in recruiting as well as many other features. Go to our website and check them out. And then, of course, Velma. We appreciate our friends at Velma helping get out your marketing message as well as VendorSurf. Looking for a new solution for a vendor? Boy, you got to go check out VendorSurf.com as well as Vidyard. Very effective way of communicating via video. And finally, I want to say a special thank you to Alice, Alan, Andy, and Joe for their contributions each week. Without further ado, let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapphorst. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, HUD proposed updates to FHA claims without conveyance of title program. The proposed changes would expand program eligibility, maximize FHA's recoveries on assets, and improve accuracy on the bid process. FHA will be accepting comments on the proposed changes through March 9th, 2020. Also last week, FHFA published a request for input initiating a review of its regulations governing FHLB membership. MBA has long advocated that FHLB membership eligibility should be responsibly expanded to include mortgage REITs and IMBs. Such changes would promote the mission of the FHLBs by enhancing liquidity and stability in the mortgage markets without adversely impacting the safety and soundness of the FHLBs. Comments on the RFI are due by June 23rd, 2020. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Rob. Great information as always. Appreciate you taking the time to provide this for us. And looking forward to seeing your compadres here at the conference, Pete Mills and Trisha Migliazzo. I think we have some other MBA members running around here at the L1 conference. Les Parker is here with the TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets. Les? You see, we've been through the virus on a horse with no name. It felt good to see quarantine reign. With the virus, they can't remember their name because there ain't no one for to give them vaccine. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Ainsworth Advisors. The world rode the just-in-time delivery horse to great fortunes. Now, companies that depend on it are sick and tired of waiting for a few parts. They scramble for alternative vendors for labor and materials. The market continues to assess the future of the interconnected business world with bad flu 
or a pandemic. Researchers across the globe race to develop the right vaccine for bad times. But will it be in time? Will there be anyone there to give us vaccines? These views are my own. Go to tmspotlight.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter. Thank you, Les. Appreciate you and your effort that goes into this segment each and every week. He and Gary Cancerbone work together to turn out what I think is just a first-class segment. Appreciate that. Check out Les's free subscription to his TM Spotlight newsletter. You can do it at tmspotlight.com. Joe Farr, good to have you here with us. What's going on with the markets? Hey, David. I'm calling in on Friday afternoon late. Wanted to call in because this week has been quite a an odd week, uh, as everyone knows, uh, fear and uncertainty are, uncertainty are driving the market. And, you know, it's been a terrible week for stocks. Nice thing from this could be reduced interest rates. Uh, just to give you a perspective, the 10-year yield fell this week by 34 basis points down to 1.13%, which is, we all probably read, is an all-time low. Mortgage rates have fallen about half that much. Just price on a mortgage-backed security rose about a half, uh, 1%, and in some cases a little more than that, depending on how much premium resistance there was. So, you know, when you look at it, lower rates are good for the market, right? Well, yes, they generally are in the long run, but uh, when you look at it on a, like this week, it may not be so good for the mortgage market when you think about how far rates have fallen and how fast they've fallen. Think about the ramifications. You've got borrowers that uh, maybe have only been locked in for a few days. They're going to be calling asking for a reprice. The secondary guys out there are going to have a hard time filling forward sales commitments. They're going to have to pair those off with likely incurring losses. Think about time spent on processing loans that maybe has been wasted time because the borrower's gone elsewhere to get a better deal. And then the big thing, valuation of mortgage servicing rights, they're going to be marked on February 29th if you do it on a monthly basis. And there's going to be a write-down, most likely, which could you know, move over into other areas like warehouse loan agreements uh, may be affected negatively. So, you know, these are just a few of the complications that come from a market like this. And when the reversal happens, we're likely to see just as many headaches. So brace yourself for a lot of unusual things to have to do in the mortgage market over the next few weeks. Yeah, I've been particularly surprised by how quickly the market has changed its expectations for a Fed fund rate cut. This afternoon, Fed Chairman Powell said the U.S. economy remains strong, the coronavirus poses risk to the economy. He said the Fed will act as appropriate to support economic activity. Now, none of this is really different than what he has said before, but this time he said it at the end of a week, a very bad week, for stocks. The markets reacted to it, not so much in the stock market, although the losses earlier today were cut by about half after his comments. And then when you look at the the CME FedWatch tool today, it says the market says there's a 91 likely 91% likelihood of a 50 basis point Fed fund rate hike at its next meeting. That's going to be on March 18. Yesterday, that same measure was zero. There was no chance, no expectation for a 50 basis point cut. There was one for a 25, about a 50% chance for a 25 basis point cut. But just in a day, we've seen that big a movement in the market expectations for the Fed to step in and help the stock market and uh, lower mortgage rates, lower rates, Fed funds rates, and, and potentially mortgage rates along with that. 
Well, not that it mattered much, but this week's economic data that came out indicated that contracts signed in January to purchase new and existing homes were very good, better than expected. It showed that inflation in January was lower than expected. The February data that came out this week indicated that consumer confidence and consumer sentiment remain high, all of which were very good economic reports. Next week, we'll see several important indicators of, you know, potentially will show if the coronavirus is beginning to affect the U.S. economy. The things that come out are February data. The ISM or the Institute of Supply Management will release data for February for its manufacturing and services activities data. And then in addition, the February employment data will, will be released on Friday. So again, you know, Fear and uncertainty are what's going to drive the market in the days and weeks ahead, most likely. And so can't give any way to anticipate when or how much and in what direction, but it certainly requires a lot of diligence and, and staying tuned to the market. So that's it, Dave. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it very much. Alan Pollock, good to have you here, my friend. What do you have for this week's tech update? Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Good to be here today. I hope you're having fun at Lenders One. I know you always get excited for those conferences, so hope it is very productive for you. Anyways, a couple great things going on. Uh, today's less of a tip or a couple words on some good things about technology, but more about some interesting things I found in the news. So to get started, the first one is a company we've talked about in the past. Their name is Regora. Uh, they recently raised $10 million in their Series A funding. If you don't know Regora, they're an appraisal technology company. They have really, uh, in a way, disrupted and changed how we think about appraisals today. Um, and this money, this last round, as their quote says, um, is a testament to both the rapid growth and the strength of their software. Uh, they want to continue to modernize and scale their platform. Uh, they want to add engineering, sales, operations, and more importantly, in order to expand, they need partnerships so I'm guessing they're going to really use a good part, portion of this for some of those partnerships. Uh, this most recent round of funding, by the way, for Regora brings them to about $15 million in total funding. So if you don't use Regora, you want to check them out. They've got really cool technology. Uh, head over to Google and search for them. All right, the next one. This is great. Uh, you know, we think of how to compete with the rise of new fintechs, right? It's not just financial institutions, but it is even more. And so anyways, you know, we always think about as a financial institution how to better engage with our existing customers, how not to how to let them know that we have the technology and we're here for them in order for them to think of us or look at us first as their partner for their mortgage or their real estate financing. And so this is a, um, a, a the, house, the company's House Canary. We've heard of them. They have partnered. It's called Come Home. And uh, the title of this article is a drive engagement, retention and conversion of loan customers. And what's really cool is it's a it's a digital experience, as we would expect, but it's bridging real estate and financing together. They typically partner with your point of sale, also with your loan origination system. And what they do is they know that your customers think in terms of homes and not products. And so they capitalize on that customer relationship. They can mine your entire database and they engage with your customers, your members, etc. Here's some examples of what I saw that they do. They pre-approve customers and confirm loans and moments by pre-underwriting properties. Um, they can help you understand any risk and certification of that um, of the valuation that they provide. 
they also are there for your customers in their house hunting process or their existing home, and they'll continue to provide event-driven information, valuations, emails. They will continue to provide that customer or engage that customer into information about that property and your brand. And then finally, they call it empowerment for your customers. They leverage your existing banking and credit relationships to educate customers about the buying power they may have. And you can customize and modify that. I mentioned them today not because they have anything new in the news, but because as we continue to look at all this digital mortgage technology or fintech technology, we need to find ways outside of just the point of sale or outside of just CRM or marketing, but ways that we truly can better enhance that customer relationship. And so as a financial institution, empowering your customers with information that they're looking for and treating them as a partner in the process rather than a mortgage loan in the process, this is something that really could change the game for you. So you want to check it out, House Canary, um, and it's called Come Home. David, also, I wanted to mention Simple Nexus. You know, we talked about them probably over two years now in our podcast. They have just recently added new capabilities. They just had their their user conference called Snug, um, and they just added on-the-go pricing and locking with Optimal Blue, Erla Readiness for the new 1003, and brand-new in-app reviews of DU Findings. They're turning out to be a really solid technology platform. I followed them for some time. Um, if you want to check out any of the news on their user conference and these new findings, uh, go ahead and check them out. I wanted to bring up an article next. This is uh, from a friend of everybody in the industry, uh, Julia Hebron. Um, as we know, Julian, he writes for Housing Wire. He also has his own blog, The Basis Point, and he's at our digital mortgage conference as one of our judges. Uh, he talks about the Credit Karma acquisition that just occurred this week by Intuit. It was $7.1 billion dollars. And the best part about it is some of the stats. I just want to go through some of these. Uh, the first one is Credit Karma has grown, and he and Julian has outlined all this stuff in his article. Uh, Credit Karma has grown to 106 million consumers since 2008. In addition, they monitor all kinds of info, including taxes and credit report details. And this is how many people have their credit report data connected. And an increasing amount of those people, those 106 million people, are doing their taxes there. And of the 106 million members, 37 million log in more than four times a month. Now, I'll be honest. I also use Credit Karma. I've used it from for years now. And it has, it has expanded, matured, and grown. And it is very informative. I actually also pay for a credit monitoring system. And I get the same data on both. You, the credit score is different because it's more of a vantage score. But the point is, is that you can see alerts on your credit report. You get great guides and sort of leads to different financial products that you need. And that's exactly, you know, why this is going to become a powerhouse, not only match with the data from Intuit, but they provide exclusive leads. So if you were to partner with Credit Karma, you're not going to get a lead that's sent to many lenders. You're going to get a matched exclusive lead. They also have enough data to fill in an entire 1003. And so for consumers, it's another option. It's a different kind of vehicle to get connected with a financial product. For lenders, you can get an exclusive, almost complete, as Julian says it, an almost complete loan app uh, that's ready to transact. So you want to check out um, those guys over at Credit Karma as well. 
And then the last thing I want to leave us with is it's called white glove service component. When we think of technology as a company called Op- Optify Now, they're a cloud-based CRM and marketing automation tool. And their announcement that I found online is that they have a white glove service component. It's not about technology. It's about helping to implement the technology. And what they have done, is they, they, this, this article is basically mentioned they've worked with SunWest Mortgage Company. And they've helped them launch all of their different lending channels. Every channel is different. Every lender or financial institution is different. And this white glove service is really a way for them to help you be successful with the technology. It's not a new concept, folks. It's really just about knowing that as a technology provider, our technology is not a one-size-fits-all. And when I say our, I mean our as a vendor trying to sell to the masses or sell to you as lenders. So... Um, you definitely want to check that out. For the other vendors out there, many of us already have, and I say I say us very loosely, have some type of we configure, we help support, we help maintain. It's just that they've branded it and the fact that it's out there. With that, David, I hope you have a good time at Lenders One, and I'll talk to everybody next week. Good segment, Alan, as always. If you want to get a hold of Alan, get a hold of Alan, A-L-L-E-N, at tms-advisors.com. Andy Shell, the Profit Doctor, is here with us. What do you got, friend? Appreciate you. Hello, Licking on Lending. This is Dr. Andy Shell, the Profit Doctor, here to speak to the Licking on Lending audience about how to fix an ailing bottom line. So to begin, let me mention a free service that is available to MBA members, those that are members of the Mortgage Bankers Association, in two weeks. I will be starting my five-week mortgage accounting webinar series. Now, this webinar covers everything from the cash flow cycle of a mortgage company to how a mortgage accounting works. It covers how hedging works and how to understand the reports from the hedge advisor and then ends with a discussion about advanced accounting, hedging, and the IRLC fair value measurement along with cash flow forecasting. So the best part about this five point, this five uh, week webinar is that it's free to MBA members. So go to the MBA.org, go to education, look up accounting webinars, and there you can sign up. And this is a program that the MBA is sponsoring to help its members improve profitability. Now, back to the Profit Doctor. For today, I'm going to talk about an overview of the income statement. Now, we all get the income statement. That's the P&L, the Profit and Loss Statement. And on this report, we look at how much money did we make? What was the bottom line? But there's so much more that we can learn from this report. So it has four key components. It has revenue. So that's the money that you make. It has direct costs or cost of goods sold is what accounting calls it. But basically, it's just your direct costs like commissions and other direct costs associated with generating a loan. So you have revenue, direct costs. If you take revenue less direct costs, that's called gross margin. Now, gross margin is important because that shows you how much money you have left to pay for all of your non-direct expenses, things like rent and marketing for the home office, things like that. So you take gross margin less the non-direct expenses, and that's profit. So it's those those are the components of the income statement. But there's 
There's much, much more that we can learn from the income statement when we apply it based on mortgage volume of loans closed. So by understanding the relationship to volume and the components of the income statement, we can learn all kinds of really important and interesting things. So for example, let, let's, let's assume that if we take revenue divided by volume, the answer is 3.6%. That basically tells us what our product market is. This is probably a smaller sized loan amount with FHA production in Texas with a 3.6% uh, gross revenue on volume. So then let's say that we did the math and our direct expenses are 2.4%. That's commissions, it's processing expense, it's underwriters, it's all the other costs associated with making the loan. Well, now, knowing these percentages with 3.6% of revenue on volume and cost of sales or cost of goods sold or direct costs of 2.4%, just subtract it. 3.6 minus 2.4 is 1.2%. That's our gross margin percent. Now, that's a key number. This gross margin is the amount of money we have to cover all of our other operating expenses. And we normally see this number from 1% to 1.4%. So, a 1.2% is about the right answer. So, again, now we've got revenue loss, cost of sales, equal gross margin, funds available to cover operating expenses. And... The relationship among this and volume is really important. So let's look at this one more time and see what else we can understand. So for uh, for starters, let's say if we have a gross margin of, say, $200,000, that's, that's how much money we have left to cover all of our expenses. If we divide that by our gross margin percent of 1.2%, that actually tells us our break-even in volume of $16 million. So then we can say, well, we given our break-even volume, we can then multiply that times the gross margin percent, and that'll tell us our expected profit. What's really even more cool about this is we can take an estimated production target less our break-even volume, and that'll tell us our excess volume. We multiply that by our gross margin percent, and that gives us our estimated profit at any level of production. You know, it gets complicated. It's hard to just describe it with words like this, but there's tons of benefit from understanding the P&L and how it all fits together. So the income statement's important. It speaks volumes. Give me a call. We can talk about this. Or you can contact me at andy at mbs-team.com. Thanks a lot. We'll look forward to talking to everybody next week. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. That ends this week's update. If you listen to it on a downloaded basis, check out the next episode because it will be the Hot Topic segment. In today's Hot Topic, we've got Brian Simon, president of Lenders One, and we're going to be talking about his outlook on current trends within the mortgage industry with a focus on the Lenders One conference here in Miami. Brian, I am excited that you took time to swing by our booth here. Uh, great conference you've got going. Very excited about being here again and being a part of Lenders One. Well, thanks, Dave. It's always a pleasure to see you. Conferences are always great, and this one in particular we're exceptionally proud of. We've got a record attendance, got some tremendous speakers. You know, heard Sugar Ray Leonard this morning, and we've got so many exciting things going on over the next few days got all these new initiatives we brought to the forefront for the members, new opportunities for them 
to make money, to lower their costs, to grow their businesses, new places to buy products and services, new investors. We've introduced 12 new preferred vendors and investors over the last few months. We've added 20-plus new members over the last 90 days. Wow. better for Lenders One. We're really cranking, and it's a very exciting time to be a part of the cooperative. Well, it's very exciting, and you talked about record attendance. Can you uh, spill the beans? How many people? There's people all over here. I've never seen. This looks like the best attended Lenders One conference I've been at in my time and being affiliated with Lenders One. It's really crowded. How many yeah. people you got here? Well, first of all, you know we're we're helped a little bit by it's the winter time and we're in Miami, so <laughs> that's true. Yeah, who doesn't want to come to Miami? But this is a great yeah. event. So did I hear over 500 members? I'd have to get or the 500 attendees. I'm not, I'm not the keeper of the record, but I think that the, the number starts with a five. So it's definitely a really well attended event for us. Yeah, that is excellent. That's really outstanding. Yes, and a gorgeous place. Love the weather here. It's so perfect. Let's start talking about some of the things that you're going to be showcasing. Now, you're specifically doing a topic that I think is going to be really interesting. The session topic is liquidity for mortgage bankers. Give us some insights to what uh, the members are hearing here. That's right. So what we wanted to do was put forth, well, obviously, for all the sessions, we want to make sure that they're going to be exceptionally informative. But having been a mortgage banker and an operator of an independent mortgage bank for most of my career, things I'm always concerned about at the top of the list is liquidity. And so we want to talk about warehouse liquidity, servicing, financing liquidity, trading liquidity for TBAs and other forms of hedging instruments. And so we've got a panel of experts who are going to share some tips and tricks, different opportunities and ways to achieve liquidity in all those different areas I outlined, as well as talk about what they're seeing in the market now and, and things that independent mortgage bankers need to know to maximize liquidity and best utilize their balance sheet. Yeah, my good friend Von Ringer, Senior Vice President, Department of a Manager for Co-America, has been a friend, a client, long time. We've been talking about liquidity. What, what's your perspective? What are you seeing as far as warehouse liquidity? It seems like there's such an abundance of warehouse liquidity at the moment. Is there any concerns that that could suddenly change, Brian? Or are we going to just see this get to be a more and more competitive landscape from a warehouse lending standpoint? Well, it's certainly competitive. There's a lot of liquidity out there. I think a big, big driver of that, if not the biggest driver, is since you know the, the dark times of you know 08, 09, 10, this current vintage of loans that's being produced over the past three, four, five years is probably the best from a qualitative perspective that the industry's ever seen. And so, of course, banks are excited to lend against these assets because they know the risk is completely mitigated by all of the changes in the underwriting guidelines. So that combined with, you know, the continued rallying market that we have an increased opportunity yeah. for volume. So you got opportunity for volume, rates are low, so they can make a spread and still have competitive rates passed on to their clients. And the, the quality is good. So the, the risk of having loans stuck on the line is virtually non-existent, makes it, you know, a prime time for banks to want to be in that space. But com competition is fierce, that is for sure, amongst the warehouse lenders. Yeah, the warehouse lenders certainly have got that and and you see different lenders but uh, you know co-america is a great partner they've been around forever they're one of the lenders we refer into a lot so good to see vaughn there you also got phil rosario there chief operating officer for mortgage capital trading and you can, he's going to be talking about switching to mandatory sales which is important what are some of the trends in the secondary markets any concerns that you have what changes might be coming with mark calabria and uh, some now 
very clear signals that we can expect changes soon, soon, relatively speaking, to government terms soon. That's like watching, you know, uh, like glaciers move, but, but some changes are happening to Fannie Freddie, yeah. Yeah, so like as I say, moving in Jurassic time. Uh, when you talk yeah, traffic, that's good, yes. I like that. I think, well, a couple of things. First of all, you mentioned Phil Rizzo. We, we have great partnership with MCT and very, very excited that, you know, he'll be speaking and talking about some of the exciting things that they're working on as well as what's going on in the secondary markets. You know, at the last Lenders One event in Seattle, there was a panel that Phil was a part of, and I think it was, if not the best attended, certainly one of the best attended sessions we had. And there was a topic that came up, which is around, there's a lot of focus now on, um, you know, this, this AOT bid type structure. Right. Yeah. For, you know, independent and mid-sized mortgage bankers. And so I think, you know, Phil will continue to expound on that as well as talk about some of the other things that he and his company are doing to help bankers in this space. And then as far as, you know, what we're seeing on the regulatory landscape, I think, look, the feeling is obviously things are moving towards a change. I'm hesitant to give my opinion because it would just be one man's opinion, but I certainly think with uh, Calabria there in the seat, we're going to see some changes that have been yeah. long overdue and that they should be good for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Having met with Calabria at the NBA, got a chance to sit down with him in a very close-up, close-up personal meeting. It was a, uh, where me and a few of us that are in the press corps, you might say, of the NBA were there sitting there. It was very interesting. It's It's very much underway and we're seeing evidence of it with the recent announcement that they have actually retained Lohan Loki, I think, is, uh, to actually do something about it. But we've got also a number of people talking there. Seth Sprague's going to be there. He's one of our, he now moved over to our competitor, Stratmore. I love Seth. He's, uh, he and I speak a lot, and I, I'm very excited to see what's talking about. MSRs is one of the topics that Seth is famous talking about, the servicing. And we also have Chris, who is there from PHH. Well, he'll be talking more on the secondary markets, I guess, but Lori Pinto will be there talking about MSRs. What's your thoughts as interest rates now go to another lower level? I mean, recently looking at what the 10 years done, is there more of a threat to MSRs? There seems to be if we see that rates are going to continue to go lower. What's your thoughts on rates well, sure. and MSRs? Yeah, I mean, I think for the lenders, one for my constituency as you know, the leader of lenders, one, and mm-hmm. given that the group is you know, mid-size, mostly independent mortgage bankers and banks, you know, the thought of retaining MSRs, unless maybe they're a financial institution right now, really doesn't make much economic sense. A, because, you know, if you think that rates are going to continue to decrease, the speeds are only going to increase. So you would get those off your books as quickly as possible, especially because the execution, the co-issue executions are so good right now. When I talk to many of the members about the servicing, you know, they, they would say to me, why would I want to, even some of the largest members, why would we want to retain right now? We can get paid so well, um, so well beyond yeah. what we might value if we kept them yeah. on our books. We might as well have the cash. And so I think there's certainly going to be a lot of downward pressure on the value of MSRs for now. But then again, you always have, you know, what people perceive themselves to be value buyers. And they think we're at the bottom, they'll start to acquire and ride that back up. And, you know, there's been a number of large independent lenders that have done that very successfully, some that I've been a part of over the years. And so I think, though, this is not going to be the heyday right now for servicing. I know the NBA servicing conference just wound up. I was unable to attend because I have, you know, I'm prepping for, I was prepping for this event. But the servicing environment, I think, is quiet. Let's just say that. Yeah, I think rates, it's hard to imagine rates going lower, but 
we're looking at what's going on in temporary. We're, but we're at these lows, and it looks like we're going to stay here for a period of time. Anyone predicting or forecasting interest rates seem to be there. We've got members of the NBA that are going to be there. Pete Mills will be talking. Uh, real excited about him talking about compliance and technology. Give us some insights of what you expect out of that panel. You know, there's lots of, lots of interesting technology going on. We want to continue to bring forth vendors and partners that can bring new insights to the market, new insights to our members. We're doing a lot around cybersecurity. We've got a new partner mm, yeah. there. We can, that, that continues to be, a, I think, an area where independent mortgage bankers just aren't thinking as much as they should about the potential risks. And so um, we brought on a new partner called Absolute Logic, and we're actually going to be embarking on a, on a process down the road where we will be what I'm going to call L1 Cyber Certifying all of the vendors. Good. All oh, the that's vendors, good. That, all the vendors that, that have a technological connectivity to the members. Yes. Um, yeah. We're going to make sure that we can validate to our members that they've been certified and that they've passed what will be our version of sort of a, you know, an ISO type uh, review and make sure that their procedures are appropriate. And so the vendors can feel good about themselves, but also the members can feel good that anyone that they choose to interact with that is a Lenders One preferred partner, that Lenders One has vetted them out and put them through this process. That's excellent. That's so important. Tom Showalter is going to be there from Candor talking about right. compliance and technology. What are your thoughts, any insights you have on where you think AI is going to actually, how significant a role it's actually going to play in the market? it is going to play a significant role. You know, we added Candor right on the eve of the last summit. They had a tremendous response from the membership. They're in flight with a number of our members. I actually participated in a panel at the NBA in Austin, the NBA annual, was sponsored by Candor, and there were a bunch of other industry leaders on that panel. And I think that AI, bots, and additional automation finally the mortgage industry is catching up with where technology is. We've always been as an industry several cycles, I think, behind uh, where the bleeding edge was, and now there's finally opportunities uh, to use technology to truly enhance output and, you know, I hate to say it, but reduce headcount. Um, you know, it's because in theory, if you implement technology appropriately, you should be able to infinitely scale, and it doesn't require more people to do it, and the quality should be better. So I think that now is the time and we've got some really, really exciting partners in the technology space, um, and I know they're going to have a lot of interesting things to say. I got to chair that one panel at the MBA where Tom was there, and the number of the technology partners really interesting. The keynote speaker, I think, is outstanding, Sugar Ray Leonard, legendary right. sports icon. Talk about why did you select him? He's a great speaker. I've heard it before. But talk a little bit about him as a, I guess, keynote speaker. Well, first of all, Dave, you're going to go go two rounds with him, you said, on the stage, right? Yeah, totally right. Exactly right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll probably come to probably towards the end of the conference if that were the case. In my experience at Lenders One, uh, we've always had great speakers. But typically yes, for you know, the keynote period, we have not gravitated towards you know, sort of a brand name sports figure or celebrity for a lot of good reasons. And I think all the speakers mm -hmm. have been terrific, but I wanted to try something a little bit different. And I've always been impressed with certain athletes, you know, that have overcome a lot of adversity and have a great message to tell. And, you know, right now, you know, being an athlete is very much akin to being successful in business. You know, there's got to work hard. You got to dig deep. 
you know, everyone's coming at you all the time. And as you said, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard has got a great story. He's extremely articulate. He's extremely motivational. And, I mean, the guy is one of the greatest of all time in his profession. And so mm-hmm. we were fortunate enough to be able to have him come and participate. I think it's going to be very, very exciting. I've listened to it before, and I think it's one of those, another good, many good reasons to be at this conference. We're looking at the tenses up as we have our great lineup of speakers as we uh, wrap up. I know you have a busy schedule here today, so we'll, we'll let you get back at it. But what are the things that you would want others that are considering attending the next L1 conference to know and why they should be considering a Lenders One membership? I know you have some things underway that we can't yet talk about, but what is the big vision, the big picture that you have under your leadership? So we're really focused on a few core items. One, we want to help the members make more money through better execution. Two, Mm -hmm. we want to help the members save money by reducing the costs on the things that they do every single day that are big line item expenses, things like flood certs and things like those items that that individually aren't particularly expensive, but they may do thousands or tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of times per year. So we want to increase execution, give them access to better products. We want to decrease costs we want to help them recruit and retain talent. We want to educate them about what's going on in the market. We're focused on those four core competencies, and then, of course, all the networking and education and friendship and things that come along with being a part of Lenders One. I never use the G word, but I'm going to use it here, Dave. I could guarantee that I could save any independent mortgage banker or bank way more than they would pay in dues and in time and energy and cost to come to these conferences by joining just for the things that they could save. And in most cases, it's going to be many, many multiples of that. So simply from an economic perspective, there is zero doubt in my mind that we have an overwhelming value proposition for any mortgage banker. And then beyond that, there's just all the excitement that comes with being a part of the Lenders One family. Yeah, and it is a family, and you get that sense. I refer to it when we, you guys are we're fortunate to have you as advertisers on the podcast we talk about is how to get up close in more intimate meetings with some of the leading lenders and vendors in the marketplace. And you're doing a great job. Brian, I just want to say again, kudos to you and the leadership you're bringing to Lenders One. It's really exciting. I'm thrilled with the vision that you have, and I can't wait to talk about things that I hear are under the works, and no one will say anything. So you're creating some great anticipation out there of uh, great things to come. And the best part is congratulations on the growth of Lenders One. That is most exciting to see how much growth is happening in members and also the vision of what you're doing. So thank you, Brian, for what you're doing, and so excited to be here and looking forward to enjoying this whole conference, my friend. Thanks, Dave. It's great to always have you as a partner and always great to speak with you and looking forward to hanging out with you over the next few days. Our guest has been Brian Simon. He's the president of Lenders One. Wish you were here, folks. Beautiful weather. Great conference. If you're in, you can't make it to this one or fly on in. We'd love to see you get at least the last few sessions in, but we're excited about our partnership with Lenders Thanks, One. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Lickety on Lending. We appreciate you being here with us. Wish you were here in Miami at the Lenders One Conference. Check out the Lenders One website, LendersOne.com, to learn when the next conference is coming up and consider a membership to this outstanding organization. Next week, as I said earlier, we'll be having Chris McAtee, the president of ICE Mortgage Services, joining us. You won't want to miss next week's podcast. Chris has a unique 
perspective on the industry, especially when you sit and think ICE owns the New York Stock Exchange, has made significant investments in the mortgage industry. So what are they up to? Well, come listen next week to what Chris McAtee has to say. Before we go, I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors. This podcast is possible because of the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Finastra, Lenders One, and the Mortgage Collaborative, CMLA, which is the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, Indicom, Incelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, AI Assist, Celebrity Home Loans, KnowledgeCube, Mobility RE, and Modex, and Velma, as well as VendorSurf and Vidyard. And be sure to go to the website, look it on lending, and check out a write-up at each one of these vendors. I encourage you to do so. These are carefully selected sponsors, and we're proud to have them, and they can bring some serious value to you and your company. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.